Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, color out of space. In the year 1927, space was something scary and unknown. But by the year 2020, we'll have explored it, right? Well, some bits and pieces. Yeah. They had, was it the New Horizons by Pluto and Charon? I don't remember the name. That was cool. Yeah, uh, we get we get cool space stuff. Just it's not it's not magenta like this movie. Is he the is he the guy the moon is named after? Who? Charon. I don't know. Isn't that one of Mars's moons? You might be right. I might be like this. this Bazzing out on names here, but uh, well, I mean, I, I could imagine them naming a moon after an old astronomer guy, right? That makes sense, yeah. Sorry, that's worse for the UK audience. I use that word, oh well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been hanging around with you Americans too much that I, I've started doing it. Oh, uh, right, yeah, <laughs> okay. I got moons of Pluto looked up, uh, yeah, Charon, yeah. Okay, is it yeah, named right. for the Greek space dude? Oh, Probably. Skype, why are you being a dickhead? There's also a um, moon named Styx. Huh. That's cool. Like like with As the Y. Rhythm. Yeah. S T Y X. Yeah, they got it. They got it. Rock on. Um, new Horizons visited. Discovery. See, discovery that also name. sounds bad to a Brit because it sounds like, oh yeah, I've got a rock on for that moon. <laughs> <laughs> name. Okay. Author Edward. Edmund Hamilton referred to three moons of Pluto in his 1940 science fiction novel calling Captain Future, naming them Charon, Styx, and Cerebus. Huh. But I think we've got a more, like, you know, notable author we're getting into today. Who's that? That is H.P. Lovecraft. And Lovecraftian horror is uh, pretty much a keyword. We're looking at a Color Out of Space from 2019, just last year. I knew nothing... At all. I didn't even know this was a movie, to be honest. I, uh, but, I kind you know. of didn't either, and then suddenly it was all over my Twitter. Really? And I was like, well, I like H.P. Lovecraft. I like um, Nicolas Cage. I should get on this. See, I didn't even make that connection. You said color, space, Nick Cage. I was pretty much sold. I was like, is it crazy, Nick? And, and you didn't know at the time, but oh, yeah, it's crazy, Nick. Yes. <laughs> you, you're like a way into the film before you get crazy, Nick. And when we did, I was like, oh, yeah. Now I see why this is a Nick Cage film. Yes, exactly. Um, the story... Now, just getting it right out of the gate, this movie does commit one unforgivable sin. Uh, are you on the same page with me on this one? Mm, I don't know if I am. What's that? You. What, the color, color. doesn't have a you in it? Yeah, this, the, the Lovecraft one does. Yeah. This yeah. movie absolutely needs a you in the name. 
Just to give it that sort of old-timey weirdness flavour? No, because this is about colour, not colour. Okay. <laughs> colour! <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but it's let's not start talking about Lovecraft's relationship with colours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a nice chart on his wall or something like that. Yeah, so... Um, the director, I guess, we should talk a little bit about the director coming in. Um, he really only has one major tick in his box previously, which would be, uh, I guess, hardware. Did you ever see yeah. hardware? No, I, I, I straight up never heard of this guy. Okay, I'd seen hardware, like, actually in the late 80s, probably when it was, like, a new release on VHS. Mm. So I, I have a very dim memory of it. I was, like, 10 years old watching hardware. But it's, it's basically the Terminator as a dog and more body horror, which kind of works... To, with this movie <laughs> that terminator as a dog just made me really want to watch this film <laughs> okay you gotta see you gotta see hardware now <laughs> <laughs> no so cool. but, uh, like just before recording today i thought okay i better take a little peek at wikipedia and i saw the director and it's like oh since being fired from the island of dr moreau this is his first feature film and i was like oh god what did he do <laughs> but uh, I clicked on his page. It doesn't look like he's been like cancelled or anything. I think it was just creative differences. He does look exactly like a fat Nicolas Cage, though. Yeah, uh, he's got, well, he's uh, South African, I believe. Yep. I mean, not that that has anything to do with how he looks, but so it's that dude from the Civil War. He looks like Nick Cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> the time traveling Nick Cage. Which yeah, I, Nick Cage I, I want... and Keanu Reeves are both immortals or whatever. Oh, here's the hardware description. A low-budget movie about a mad dog android loose in an apartment. (laughs) (laughs) You sure this isn't a Gonzorific film? (laughs) Well, you know where he gets those ideas from now. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 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 I've put hardware on your list. So, this movie, uh, you know, I I did... See, I I watched these Lovecraftian horrors, like, actually in the late 80s and early 90s. So, uh, Sam Neill and In the Mouth of Madness, Mountains of Madness. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Prince of Darkness, yeah. Which I, but I haven't seen these movies for, like, 30 years. But watching this one, I definitely, like, got that vibe back. See, I hadn't seen any Lovecraft movies before this, but I've read all of his stuff. Um, I haven't read so much of his stuff. It gets a little dry, and his, uh, I don't know, his prose is a little dry for me, I guess. That makes sense, but... Uh, and he's always like, the horror was unimaginable, unfathomable, and he never yeah, describes anything. Yeah, that gets anything. played up a lot. There's a few stories that do that, but there's plenty of more, like, he does describe stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I scanned, uh, you sent me a little bit before recording the story, which I kind of sped read, but he does it in this one. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's because that's what he was. His horror is all about. It's the fear of the unknown. It's like mm. that's why they call it cosmic horror, right? Yes. You know, some monsters like okay, this makes sense. This thing wants to kill me. But with Lovecraft monsters, it's like I don't know what the fuck's going on, and that's why it's scary. Right, right. I got more to say about that a little bit later. Um, any, I mean, we don't really have any like lead up to this movie, so I guess I should tell the good folks what this movie's about. Yeah, I mean, there's every chance that listeners will have heard, of, won't have heard about it until right now. They've heard Nick Cage, and they've heard crazy Nick Cage. So you know, get on the, get your groove on with the the color out of space. Do it.
the color comes out of space, man. The Gardner family moves out to the old farm since mom's cancer has been taking hold. Daughter Lavinia does pagan rituals to restore her health while son Benny gets stoned out of his mind and younger son Jack runs constantly creepy. A meteorite lands on the family farm and father Nathan can't get the stink out of his nose. Things get weird, man. The cats, dogs, and especially the alpacas begin to morph into demon forms. Mother Teresa, as in the matriarch of the Gardner family, Excuse me. Tries to chop her fingers off and then merges with an esoterically distracted Jack to become a cannibalistic hell beast. Daddy Nathan tries to protect them by locking them into the attic and then trying to feed Lavinia to them. Local hippie Ezra saw it all coming but succumbs to the bizarro tendrils of the whole situation. All this time, Hydrologist Ward has been sticking to bottled water as all these urban to rural implants fall to the psychic cosmic horror of many tendrilled beasts from beyond the stars. He helps the infected Gardner family and their farm turn into gray dust despite their crazed mystical paranoid gibberish and then has a well-deserved cigarette from atop the local Dam that now covers the estate. Did it cover the estate? I'm not. I actually got that idea from reading the story. Oh, okay. There we go. I see. I, that's why I shouldn't have read the book, right? Moving on. Actors, we have actors. We have actors to talk about today. We have one of the the stars of stage and screen gracing this movie that we have to talk about for a few minutes. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nick doesn't show up in as much stuff these days as he used to, does he? He does. It's just it's all straight to DVD crap. (laughs) Okay, this movie is this movie. What is this movie? Is it like a Netflix thing? Was it a proper theatrical release? Is it straight to DVD? I don't really know what this I don't, is. Like I said, I just don't, I don't know. 
just suddenly okay. everyone on my Twitter had the DVD. <laughs> okay, color, space, Nick Cage. I guess that's all we need in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love me some crazy Nick Cage. Oh uh, wait, have I told you about Nick Cage? Maybe. He, he lives in us? my hometown. Why? Because uh, he wanted to go live in the UK countryside for some peace. But every okay. now and then you'd just like see him in a restaurant or like at the market. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, yeah, I've 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 bumped into Nick Cage. <laughs> like, I was never enough of a dick to like bother him. <laughs> it was like pretty cool just seeing him like stop and have a coffee and a sandwich at the same place I do. Yeah, there's yeah yeah that's cool. I think I might have heard you make like a reference to that at some point. But yeah. um, this may be the number two crazy Nick film now. It's really good, but I, I for the first part of the film because I couldn't remember the original story very well, so I didn't really remember that there was like a going crazy aspect to it. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, they've got Nick Cage in, but he's just playing, like, boring, boring, mildly nice dad. No, he definitely... Like, this, oh, he's just, this is just Nick Cage grabbing a paycheck. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, there's a reason they cast Nick Cage. Oh, yes. Um, so do you know what my number one crazy Nick Cage is? I think you've told me, but I can't remember. That would be um, Bad Lieutenant, uh, Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh, I think I have seen that. Oh, my God. That yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like just fantastic crazy nick because face off isn't because some a lot of the movies not crazy and when he is crazy it's just he's trying to be travolta too so it doesn't really that's probably the best known one but it mm. doesn't really work for me but well, man, then there's Lieutenant, um the wicker man but of course the real wicker man is so much better exactly i have I, seen... I intend to never watch the whole film i just like watching bits on youtube yeah i've never seen his wicker man because i like the christopher lee one so much so I, I probably should watch it sometime. But yeah, I know that's like supposed to be the, the main crazy Nick movie. But for me, it's Bad Lieutenant. So oh, that, The vampire one's pretty good as well. Again, I've never from, seen the whole film. I've just seen Nick Cage compilations on YouTube. From the 80s? Yeah. Okay. I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. Yeah, you need a little, you need a little salt, though, because you got a yeah. 20-something Nick Cage, and he's just hamming it, right? Right, right, right. You got to have him, like, ripping out into his element or something. Um, I I'm, like, I'm a... scrolling through his like movies, and it like one in ten of them is good. And he just <laughs> makes so many movies. <laughs> where do you where do you stand on Ghost Rider? I feel like that's a, a yeah. I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I saw the sequel. He's crazier in the sequel, is he? In the sequel, there's a bit where he pisses fire. I remember that much. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Johnny is Johnny Ace. Is that Johnny Ace? Ghost Rider is not, like, my strong point in uh, comic uh, book knowledge. It, Johnny it Blaze. Might be Johnny. Yeah, I think Johnny, Johnny Blaze. Blaze. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, I most of my Joe... Ghost Rider knowledge comes from either that film or when he crosses over in other comic books. Mm. Yeah, same here. I did get the uh, Ghost Rider number one in the early 90s because I thought it would be worth something because I was 12 years old. That yeah, they, lo they loved Rider telling that. you that these issue ones were going to be worth something in the 90s. That Ghost Rider wasn't so bad, though. I remember it actually being, like, not crap. Oh, so, I also remember yeah. briefly, like, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, and Spider-Man were the Fantastic Four. That's three? Oh, I think it was them three and one of the originals, but I can't remember who stayed. I hope the thing. <laughs> <It might've laughs> That's only what it makes sense with those folks. Yeah. <laughs> but um, lead actress uh, Jolie Richardson, you said you were not so familiar with her. Yeah, the only, basically the only one I know was Nick. I sort of recognize her, so I must have seen her in something. 
Yeah, so she she shows up and stuff. I, I could find something, but uh, the one that I've seen her really in is uh, she was in the Snowden movie with Nick Cage a few years ago. Ah. But um, yeah, the one that really I saw oh, a lot. I can of see was, the uh, one which is going to be relevant for this film. Nip Tuck. Oh no, Event Horizon. Oh, okay. oh right. Okay, is she in that? Apparently. Okay, she's in that. Anyway, I saw her in Nip Tuck a lot, which was a show in the the two thousands, um, which. We just, I go over to my friend's house and we like get smashed out of our minds and watch Nip Tuck. So, <laughs> yeah, him and his wife. I, I guess that's because of his wife. But yeah, it was just a ridiculous soap opera. Like, you know, I, yeah. I guess it's the, the, the first throes of uh, peak television when it was still like sometimes like rolling off the tracks pretty wildly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm scrolling through. Had... She's done a few things, but I don't remember. Her... Oh, she was in Maggie, the Schwarzenegger film, where his daughter's a zombie. That's good. Yeah. She was in. Day of the Triffids on TV back in 2009, which was okay. acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> there is at least one more notable actor here. Go on. Tommy Chong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, I see <laughs> Chong in a movie that's great. Far out, man. That was the name of his first solo movie. But, um, you know, I, I do prefer... <laughs> Thomas Binkin <laughs> Chong is a Canadian-American actor, writer, director, musician... Cannabis rights activist and comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm even more excited when Cheech shows up. I feel like Chong uh, tends to show up in the cooler stuff these days. Cheech sold out, man. <laughs> Shaved his mustache. You know, Tommy's living the life in his bizarro trailer back in the woods. But yeah, I, I'm aware of the name Cheech and Chong, but I'm not particularly familiar with their works. Okay, well, um, you need to go watch Up and Smoke, at least. It's not really sci-fi, but uh, it's super funny. Now, our co-worker is French-Canadian, and he swears that if you watch Up and Smoke in um, French-Canadian dub, it's even funnier. And I kind of see where he's coming from on that, even though I haven't watched it that way. Okay. I think my DVD of that was bought in Canada, though, so I can... You might have it. I, I know what I'm doing this golden week. <laughs> <laughs> holiday i'm gonna go watch cheech and chong's up and smoke in french canadian because yeah it was because it had the it was like the dvd paper like mm. you could flip it and it'd be in french and you flip it the other way and put it back in the plastic and be in english okay <laughs> so yeah anyway i like seeing him in this movie so his um, his role in this movie was pretty small right but um i think in the original story when the surveyor guy comes to town Everything has already happened, and the right. old guy relays it to him. Yeah, I kind of, um, like, I think they kind of put the hydrologist, uh, what's his name in this movie? All I can remember is his uh, book name now. Um, uh, oh, they anyway. say his name loads, and I've already forgotten it. Yeah, I know. Slade, Sade, Sade, Wade, it's Wade. It's a bit like that. It's Wade, I think. Anyway, Wade is kind of, and, and Tommy Chong's uh, loner guy are kind of, like, merged. Like, he was the scientist, and this, like, drove him so baddie that he's um, secluded himself, I believe, is the, the story but, uh, in there. In the story, the point-of-view character is a hydrologist who's coming because they want to build a dam. Yeah. So, I think they just, uh, after everything goes down, he's secluded himself. And mm. someone comes and asks him about the story. I, th I right. think it's the same character, but eh, it doesn't matter much. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I like you could. I mean, obviously, they changed a lot of things from the story to the movie. But one, it's a pretty short story, so there's lots of room for expansion. <laughs> and, and they keep what matters, right? Yeah, the the basic beats are definitely here. 
so that's cool. And um, like in a short story, getting the information secondhand makes sense because it gives it that element of like, oh, it's something that's being passed around. It's real. But in a movie, if the whole story takes place in like a flashback, it's just a bit lame. Exactly. Then you get Forrest Gump. Yep. <laughs> JFK turns this. up at the farm for a bit scene. JFK? No, it's Elvis at the farm, dude. JFK's just in the Oval Office. No, but I mean, this film takes place on a farm. Oh, oh, right, right. You want <laughs> JFK to show up on this. Well, time and space is being ripped, so I guess it could it could be cool that way. Oh, you know the one thing we... I don't think we... We did Star Trek 2, and we forgot to mention, um, after Star Trek 1, Gene Roddenberry would keep... Every, like, for five movies, he keeps showing up with the Enterprise goes back and, like, has to maybe um, actually cause the JFK assassination. Huh. Is that what went on to create that Red Dwarf episode? Probably. Because <laughs> Gene showed up with it, like, four times. Like, for Star Trek 2, 3, 4, 5, I think he showed up each time with that script and maybe even six. But, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> do this one. And, uh, yeah, it never, never took. So, another, yeah, Red Dwarf maybe ran with it. Yeah, the Red Dwarf episode ends up being JFK shoots JFK. Yeah. So, um, I guess we're cool with the actors. Uh, let's get oh, let's, to the... the we, got oh. some, we got a couple of the younger actors we didn't really touch on. Um, Madeline Arthur plays the daughter, who is one of those characters she could have so easily been a really irritating character. But I think she yeah. actually gets away with it in this. Yeah, but that's because everyone's kind of going nuts, right? And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously the um, the the wicked goth teenager thrown onto a farm is not going to be so happy. So that makes sense, you know. And then you got I, the little kid who was yeah, brilliantly creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got some notes on that. Uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Where did I go? Okay, anyone anyone ten or under that is whistling is fucking creepy. <laughs> I think that's a generally good rule of thumb. I should mention, like, a time time sort of um, looped for me in here. I watched 30 minutes and somewhere in the middle of the movie, and then I guess I forgot to plug in my computer, and it ran out of battery, and when it came up, all those notes were gone, so I had to watch the 30 minutes over again. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so I got in a time loop here. Um, so, yeah, he's nice and creepy. Uh, the son is... The other son's just kind of there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's probably the weakest link in the cast. He doesn't... He's not bad, He's just completely forgettable. Yeah, there's a lot of alpacas. They're not in the story. They're just here. Lots of <laughs> alpaca. This is like alpaca comedy. But alpacas and lots of purpleness just made me think of the fucking... Um... Oh, I forgot what they're called. What are the things you hit and they got sweets in them? Piñatas. It made me think of the piñatas from Fortnite. <laughs> oh, I haven't played Fortnite, so I don't know. But uh... I, I've barely played Fortnite, but I see it, you know, <laughs> on the marketing radio um alpacas yeah i guess i guess that does it yeah the the youngins here i mean the the young the youngins here who you spend most of the early part of the movie with but when you know things really get real or surreal we we go with the uh the older folks i guess well it it, we don't really get many scenes of just the older guys but we see nick interacting with the daughter right exactly so um, I, I guess the younger folks are the stars. They're just not the ones putting in the 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 performances you remember. Well, when you've got Nicolas Cage on your movie, he's gonna be the one on your poster, right? Right. So you can leave him out of a few minutes, and it's probably fine. And then, um, yeah, the the sort of point of view character whose name we can't remember 
he was okay, but didn't really do anything super interesting. Well, um, you know, he keeps checking in the story, keeps checking up on them in like that sort of like 19th century sort of way. Whereas here, it's kind of weird that he keeps showing up. Right. Uh, <laughs> Wade, I, I got the name down now. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Elliot Knight is the actor, and I should mention that he's in uh, Once Upon a Time because my sister fucking loves that show. What's it? That's the. It's the weird one where all the fairy tale characters live in the real world. Okay, yes, yes. But it's made by a bunch of the Lost writers and has loads of Lost references for some reason. Right, my in-laws were watching that a few years back, so I'd see it sometimes, but in Japanese. Right. <laughs> so that's my experience. I mean, you can, you can figure it out. It's not a complex show. Yeah, but yeah, when they got real, you know, serious and creepy about like Rumpelstiltskin, like what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't didn't. It didn't do it for me, sorry. <laughs> but I didn't watch it in English. Maybe it would really get me in, like, Nip Talk or Lost if it did. It, it didn't for me, and I tried many times. We will definitely get into the design or aesthetics or whatever of this movie, but um, I want to talk monster names for a minute. Okay. None of the monsters here have names, right? No. So I made some names. Um, Go on. Let's see. I guess, okay, the cat's first. Okay. The cat's new name is Kzithix, because of Lovecraft. That's spelled uh, K-Z-Z-X. T X X C K S. Kazifix! That just sounds like comic book onomatopoeia for some electricity. Okay. This is a cat. That's the cat's name. Okay. Okay, fine. The dog's new name. The dog's new name is Zagurtha Strongs. Zagurtha Strongs. Spelled Z. Oh, wow. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I hit that K one too many times. Z. K K K R R T H S T R Z and G. I should probably take one K out of okay. that. <laughs> Definitely. I <laughs> uh, didn't notice that when I was doing the notes. Okay, Jack-Jack and Mom's new name. Jack, excuse me. I wrote Jack-Jack because I kept thinking about The Incredibles, which we'll get into. Um, Jack and Mom's new name is Zygnutrkrkt, spelled X-X-Z-N-N-T-H-R-T-T-K-T. Okay. Okay. The pile- I'd have called them Pinwheel. That's cool, too. Like like the old show from Nickelodeon? Nah, it's a Dark Souls boss, which is like a family fused together into one thing. Okay, that'd be creepy if you're doing after a kid show, so... <laughs> the, <laughs> that pile of gore is now named... Gizzithalurxtn! Spelled G-Z-Z-Y-L-L-T-H-X-T-N. Okay. okay. I, 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 hopefully people are still with me. I, I have one more. The, Matt, I'm not with you. <laughs> the horse's new name is... No, it's a horse with no name. Okay, it's a horse with no name, because I, I put too many letters into that one anyway. So, <laughs> um, so I, I was screaming about purple. I like purple, right? So I was like, purple, purple. Yep. The color here, it turns out, is actually magenta. Mm. Um, the reason the filmmakers chose that, apparently, is it confuses the like red and... Um, blue rods or something so you can't quite latch in on the color which is okay which is i guess the best thing to go with the uh 
unimaginable, unfathomable color that we see in from space. Well, it's also a color that you just don't see that much in like film and art and stuff. Unless, so it does look very striking. Unless you're into prints. Yeah. Okay, the, then he went black and white. Yeah, that maybe that's why Under a Cherry Moon was black and white. I don't know. So, I like purple. I want more purple movies. Yeah. I mean, Thanos. As well, say Infinity War in particular seems kind of purple. And then I was, uh, yep. and then I thought it was Endgame too, which it's not. And then I was like, oh crap, I'm going to make another Endgame reference, and now I just have so. Yeah, there's your uh, Matt and Luke sci-fi sanctuary bingo for you. Right, but, 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 actually, Infinity Game would be the more purple one for whatever reason. Which one's Infinity Game? Infinity Game. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Okay, that'd be... That's the four-hour DVD cut where they make it one film. <laughs> that loops over. You have to experience the whole thing. They change, like, one scene, so you have to experience it again. Yeah. Don't give them ideas, because they'd fucking do that, and all the Marvel nerds would go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Including me. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. so I, I was totally cool with the purple. Um, definitely has a Lovecraftian thing, which also dovetails in with the body horror. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... You said color, space, crazy neck. I was like, yeah, and then they're like, body horror. I was like, am I sure? Which I guess is Lovecraftian anyway, but uh, yeah. You want to you wanna start us off on that? Oh, are you not a body horror fan? I'm not a body horror fan. Okay. Um, see, the body horror here is genuinely unsettling. I think they must have used a lot of practical effects. Oh, you know what? It never even crossed my mind that any of that was digital. I mean, the color, right. sure. But... Exactly. It looks so good, um, which is the only time body horror works for me. Yeah. So, was... like, Prometheus does nothing. Mm. Um, the remake of the thing does nothing. The original thing <laughs> makes my skin crawl. Right. This is goopy and gooey, and I mean, you and know. it it's the audio as well, like the way they're still breathing. Yeah. yeah. Like the the monster by the time it becomes a monster, yeah, that's pretty scary. But for the most part, it's you're afraid for them. And you know, old Nick smells that like way ahead of time and keeps bringing yeah, it back yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Another Smellovision movie. Yeah, yeah, another tick there. Um, I did, I wrote these notes. News is making Nick crazy for fuck's sake. And then 10 seconds later, oh, there's the actual for fuck's sake. Okay, great. <laughs> just, just say <laughs> that, that was pretty funny when the news is just like making him out to be a crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just liked I wrote the note and then instantly after that he, he said it. So, yep. but yeah, yeah, I, I'm not... But Prince of Darkness, uh, Mouth Mountain. So I gotta look it up now since I'm sitting at a computer. But um, I think it's the Mouth Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill. The book is definitely the Mountains of Madness. Yeah, but I think the movie's Mouth. Okay. Yeah, so it is. Oh, okay. It's it's meta. It's meta and has actually involves a horror writer. But uh, so I don't know if it's full okay. of. I, I, it came out in 1994, and that's when I last saw it. It's directed by John okay. Carpenter, though, so hey, it's probably, probably worth oh, it. Oh, I mean, John Carpenter's The Thing is very The Mountains of Madness. Right, so he actually made at least a reference to that later on. But yeah, that, yeah. or Prince of Darkness, or the... Well, I think we've already pretty much committed to watching The Thing come halloween -y time, but I yeah, definitely. never actually watched it. For reals? For reals. Oh, but if you're saying you don't like body horror, then yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch oh, you, it, but I've, I've, I've... You've got, like, a weird 
Do you want to talk about your relationship with John Carpenter? I've recreated his music like 8,700 times. You hear it between a lot of the segments of the show. His movies usually don't quite do it for me. Something about the pacing. What John Carpenter have you seen? Most of them. Now I'm going to have to look at his list. Okay. Because like the, the thing is the best one and you haven't seen it. Okay, I got. I feel like we're talking about color, color out of space. So uh, John Carpenter makes sense in this case. It's uh, not too far a, a stretch. So this is acceptable. This, this is acceptable tangent. Yeah, I think it's a good tangent. Um, let's look at his actual directing credits now, because he doesn't really direct anymore, does he? No, he, he he just goes around doing concerts of his music at this point. So that's the best career trajectory in your book, I guess. I've seen Dark Star. Have you seen Dark Star? No, but you brought it up a couple of times. That's I love Dark Star. I do love Dark Star. I have not seen Halloween or Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I definitely know the I've soundtrack. I've seen Halloween, but that's an old ass film, and it is boring to watch now. So I've seen more of his sci-fi. So I've seen Escape from New York, um, Starman. That's Big, definitely one that's on the list. Yeah, Big Trouble, Prince of Darkness. I mentioned um, they live. Big Trouble's a good one. They live. They live. Memoirs of an Invisible Man starring Chevy Chase, which I saw in the theater, but don't believe um, I could recall anything about. Uh, In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> I actually have not seen Escape from L.A., but I probably should. Uh, and I've seen Ghosts of Mars. So, oh, yeah, God. I, did he make Ghosts of Mars? He made Ghosts of Mars, and I've seen it. <laughs> so I've seen it. But, yeah, I'm, like, I'm super down with the soundtracks. I mean, that's like, I make electronic music half the time. It sounds like John Carpenter stuff. And, uh, and, and I absolutely appreciate his filmmaking. Like, he's a great director. Right. No, no, I'm not going to argue that. But somehow, sometimes the pacing doesn't do it. Big Trouble I like quite well, actually, to be honest. Um, yep. Uh, New York. Escapes, great. I, I want to like more than I do. That's fair. It, it just gets slow in a lot of parts. So, mm. yeah. And, um, I like it more for the fact that it inspired Metal Gear than for it itself. They Live, I like, but again, it, it sputters through a lot of the movie. And um, since I do love his soundtracks, it's got like that one stupid blues riff that just plays through the entire movie. <laughs> I so, see, I, all I can think about when I see that one is just um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So in a five-minute bra. It's a, and it's longer than five minutes, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, we will be talking about They Live before too long. So uh, a little more in here, body horror. So that's the thing, though. This feels super 80s, right? The director did make one of those. He's not John Carpenter, but he made Hardware, which more or less is like a John Carpenter-y film. And he made this, mm. which also feels like 80s John Carpenter, which is kind of cool. To be honest, it's probably more 90s John Carpenter, but that's fine. It goes to Mars is 2001, so we don't have to group that in. Right. I mean, he did try and do um, The Island of Dr. Moreau, which would, again, have fit this context. You know, these body horror, this weird sci-fi. Yeah, they're of the same mind. So, um, And, and uh, Nick Cage and uh, Richard Richard uh, Davy. Sorry, I'm thinking of the kinks. I don't want to mix things up too wrongly. <laughs> Richard Davies. Is the, Richard Stanley. There we go. Richard Stanley. That's Richard it. Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Davies is the kinks. Okay. Dave Davies, yeah. Um, Richard Stanley, uh, he's like, yeah, my dad was reading Lovecraft, so I want to make it. And Nick Cage is like, oh, my dad was reading Lovecraft, or mom was reading Lovecraft, so I wanted to, you know, make it. Huh. So they were both kind of down with the Lovecraft. And I, I think Richard Stanley at least was made or was going to make a Lovecraft documentary or something, so. Well, apparently his plan is to make, like, a three-film set 
So he's working on like the Dunwich Horror now or something like that. Yes, that's what I heard. And actually, um, you know, I hear Arkham and I hear Dun uh, Dunwich, and I'm thinking, you know, Batman and horror movie. Not realizing that all of these are like Lovecraft. Plays. They're references to uh, to Lovecraft, yeah. Because I wrote, oh, no references in that Arkham Dunham Kingsbury news roll, and then I was like, oh, but I got the references like all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of the shining. Oh, gee, Arkham. Yeah, yeah, little little bit of a um, shining with a blood sink. I thought. Oh, well, it's about the isolated man going crazy and attacking his family. It's very shining. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, then and of the... course, King is a huge Lovecraft fan. Yeah, and the weird time jumps. Yep. King is a huge King. What? A huge Lovecraft fan. Stephen King. Yeah. Oh, shining, shining. <laughs> Sorry, I. I... I you forgot that it was a Stephen King book. I always think of Stanley Kubrick first, so you know which one I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually haven't. I haven't read The Shining. The only Stephen King I've read is the whole Dark Tower series. But now it's making me want to go back and read and watch a bunch more. I, I read a bunch of Stephen King back in the day, but I don't know if I read The Shining, and I definitely have not read Dark Tower, which I keep meaning to get to and still haven't gotten to. You definitely I, should. I got I got sidetracked into Star Trek novels. And then we can cover the movie next time we want to do films we hate. Um, <laughs> I've heard it's not great. Okay, well, well, we'll get to that in another time, I suppose. Okay, uh, any any more you want to say about the effects, the design, that sort of thing? Um, so towards the end, when we start getting like the real over the top, like the glowing, and um, we see like the vision of the alien world and stuff. The vision was pretty out of nowhere. That was that was the CGI moment, of course, but yeah. So that's the bit that really stood out for me as maybe too much but then you had to do it right yeah I, I, it was it was fun i so. think they they built it up enough that it worked whereas if they'd done that like way earlier in the film you'd just be like ah this is a bit lame yeah do you know what my favorite effect was uh go on the uh the trippy tv stuff when i was growing oh, up oh yeah that stuff was great when i was growing up in the 80s we'd always you know when your tv would glitch out or your broadcast or whatever because that used to happen when uh and you get the fuzz like that we'd, we'd always call it like ants in battle we're watching ants yeah, in battle, I, I used man. to say it was a swarm of flies okay same <laughs> idea we had ants in battle so but I, yeah I, anything like that with like audio and visual glitching and stuff is one of my favorite like horror tropes and just the way they kind of, like, tweak that into total weirdness, I, I definitely enjoyed. Yeah, 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 that was great. Well, see, that was a that's brilliant adaptation, because, of course, the book predates TV, right? But it fits into the kind of weirdness that this story is about. Yeah. So you, you know they, they get what they're dealing with. I mean, Crazy Nick quickly pivots here. Um, you know, I talked about... Uh, you know, Shatner, the, the Kirk scream being, like, the pivot, but it's a very long pivot, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, like, by the end of his movie, he's still doing some nice acting, but I just love the crazy Nick Pivot here. It's like, <laughs> switch is switched, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you, honestly... You, that's it. You either get nice Nick or crazy Nick. There's yeah, there's not levels. <laughs> you don't want a Nick build-up, you know? You just want it to be, you know, all, all or nothing at all for an early Sinatra song there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I said at the start, I was so happy when I realized we were getting some crazy Nick. Yeah, because I wasn't sure either. So for a while, and then when it came, I was like, "Yes, yes, I'm, I'm in, I'm on this ride now." So yeah, that was great. Okay, let's get into the unfathomable metaphysical distress of this film. Yeah, do it.
Oh Jesus, this film did not make a lot of money. Yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. Budget twelve million. Box office nine hundred and thirty-eight thousand. Oops. Well, maybe- <laughs> yeah. How are the DVD sales? You said you got all the Twitter hits. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like, I heard of this film because people, there was buzz around it. Like, Lovecraft fans seemed pretty into it. That's but yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't like a big release or anything. Yeah, maybe it's one of the, maybe like a proper 80s caught film, it'll pick up on uh, on home video. Yeah, I hope he does get to make his other films he wanted to make because this is great. I want to see the Dunwich that follows this, yeah. <laughs> And then hopefully end with like a full-on Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. So, um, you know, so what I've secretly been hoping, because um, what are they called? Legendary Pictures. They've been trying to do like this monster universe with their Godzilla and their King Kong. And I'm hoping that they're building to the two of them team up and fight Cthulhu. Oh, like this one mer- merges with that one. Just like yeah. Jack and his mom. So. Well, because like Cthulhu is completely the public domain at this point, I think. Oh, yes, it is. So, yeah, he could totally just turn up, and that's what King Kong will still have to team up and fight. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll try and get into the darker stuff, like, a little lightly at first. And I said that not having found what I was actually going to say. Oops. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that the kids, mom and the kids have a nice trajectory towards nuttiness. We, we mentioned Nick Cage goes straight there, as he probably should. I, I do mm-hmm. like... Like, Mom, you know, she's already got, like, her sickness, so she might be a little off because of that. But then, you know, when she chops her fingers off, that that was a, whoa, that just happened. Senior. That was, that, but it was great because it wasn't like, they, they filmed it like an accident, right? She's just losing her mind. She's not, like, suddenly turning into a raving maniac or anything. And then, you know, like, time just, it's not like a... It's it's a nice subtle time shift, right? It's there's no effect yeah. that shows it's like why are the alpacas here? Didn't you feel them? Yes, I did. Why it's morning now? It's night. Like I don't know if you noticed, but they cut from one day scene to a night scene to a day scene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say the the story takes place over what a uh, whole year, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a while. This seems to be a day, but maybe it is a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which would be you know kind of cool. But the like everyone apart from Nick. Their, their craziness stems from the character they already have. So, like, the daughter's, like, into her Wiccan stuff, and by mm. the end she's, like, carving symbols into her skin all over the place. The brother's, like, a stoner who looks at the stars and likes his dog, and he just, like, obsesses with that and wanders off. And then the little brother was already, like, a slightly weirdo kid with imaginary friends who just goes insane and starts talking to the aliens. Yeah, yeah, it... it- uh, I'm making too many Star Trek references in this episode for some reason, even though there's no fit. But uh, it made me think of one of, uh, actually one of my favorite all-time episodes, which is, uh, it's an Enterprise Season 2. Nobody likes Enterprise Season 2. And, <laughs> man, the name was in my mind like 10 seconds ago. It's gone now, but it's where they pass through some I'm definitely cloud. not going to be able to help you out with an Enterprise episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, it, uh, it'll, it'll come back to me, but... Um, they passed through some cloud, and it, like whatever the crew members were doing at that time, they just become like insanely obsessed on. Right. It. So, yeah, yeah. You brought up this episode a few times. Yeah, it's because it's one of my favorites. And this film, like several times, that one definitely uh, popped in my mind because it it's kind of like a a nice not usually they kind of uh, telegraph it in a bit for you, right? Whereas this movie mm. and that episode it definitely let it creep in a little bit to a. 
really be cool. Uh, Singularity, that's it. Um, I, I looked up a review site where they only gave it uh, two and a half out of four stars and not the required four stars, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like the slow burn. They, this movie does a nice slow burn and then nice effects payoffs and that one dodgy yet still awesome like CGI run into a cutscene from a Halo game or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what else this reminds me of? Final the Fantasy Simpsons. the CGI. <coughs> no, the Simpsons episode with the tobacco. Oh, when he bites in, yeah, yeah, that had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Except except the tobacco, I guess someone kind of liked, whereas nobody likes this shit. No, but it wasn't I swear it was part of that it was like the animals were eating it and it was making them strange and stuff. Yeah, I wrote psychotic uh psychedelic gardening with weird new crazy accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I I I was See, that's why uh, when I did the plot summary, it's like, give me a second, ah, let's do it. I was trying to do, uh, obviously, do some of it with the accent. I don't, I don't know if I can nail it. Can you do his... He's got a new crazy accent in this movie. Nick? Yeah. No, I, I, I remember hearing it and thinking, like, oh, that's great, I want to try and do that. But I've kind of lost it already. Honestly, it was, like, slight valley with, like, intense aggressiveness. Yeah, but it was... It, most of it was, like... It, this doesn't really make sense. It was very intense... Passive aggressiveness. I guess that's where the uh, valley part comes in. Yeah, but it's uh, like whatever happened to good old family values? Yeah, like the first, the first two times he did it, I was like, "What?" And then about the third or fourth, I was like, "Yeah," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's it. The first couple times he did it, it just is like, I thought he was still just playing like a sassy dad, but because he's Nick Cage, he's playing it like a lunatic. <laughs> and then you realize, oh no, no, he is actually going insane. I do wonder how often my daughter says dad's acting weird. <laughs> <laughs> Probably daily. <laughs> oh, man, you know, uh, I think I mentioned a lot of movies these days seem to be kind of scaling back on the obscenities, but this this one owns the F-bomb. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just well, like, I mean, you know, you would in that situation, right? <laughs> but they, they go up to, like, Lebowski levels, you know, for a few scenes. Yeah. Get the fuck out of your sight, man! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, even if Bad Lieutenant's always going to be the gold standard of crazy, Nick, this one definitely gets its A for effort. Um, yeah, this is pretty damn good. A another thing, um, Valinia, is that the right name? Lavinia? Something like Lavin that. Lavinia, that's it, right. Like, you know, she seems that she's going to be the protagonist... And then it seems she's going to be the 80s scream queen, but nah, the whole family's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I guess that's pretty I guess she crafting. is the protagonist if this film has a protagonist. Well, she still she just doesn't make it out alive. No, that's Wade. Wade's the one that makes it out alive, having not Yeah, but he's been... not in it that much. Right, he's he just, the like, observer. Yeah, yeah, I know, but he's, well, he's a Lovecraftian protagonist, isn't he? Yeah. Because anyone really involved with the... The the indescribable is not making it out, so... Right. Yeah, you can't see that shit without going crazy. That's the point. So, um... Oh, oh, and, um... Yeah, Nick definitely goes harder on that car than Bruce Campbell ever did. <laughs> there are some... Yeah. You know, there are some CGI Final Fantasy movie echoes. Um, Evil Dead definitely had it. I mean, there's, like, a tree rape scene, but this time it's the sheriff. And, and they just gouge him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like Evil Dead, um, yeah, him trying to start start the car remind me of Evil Dead Two. I mean, not not ripping off at all, but um, yeah, yeah, 
Well, no, there's plenty of horror films I've done trying to start the car and it won't go. So, what gave you more nightmares, this or High Life? This actually did disturb my sleep a little bit. I I didn't think... But also, I think it's because I drank, like, Coca-Cola right before I tried to go to bed. (laughs) Okay, I I woke up this morning having having had a really, really just annoying dream. Like, I wrote, woke up annoyed, I'd done horrible things in the dream, I had gotten caught in the loop in the city, um, <laughs> I, I had, like, some of my instruments, like, it was in this, like, cheap whole old hotel room, and it was so cheap, like, they fell through the floor, and, like, several of them I found smashed on downstairs, so, yeah, it was just one of those dreams you wake up, ah, that was annoying, so, and, and <laughs> I, I actually watched probably, like, more than half this movie last night, because I had to make up those 30 minutes and redo the notes, so... Oh, yeah. yeah, so I watch, I did actually watch most of this in one run for once. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it for the second time, but <laughs> a lot. Of, I always try and watch these in one sitting, but often I fall asleep and carry on. But this one I managed all in one go. If I'd fallen asleep during this film and then continued it, I think I'd have had a very weird set of dreams. And then you'd be like, "Did I switch film somewhere? What happened?" Yep. That happened. I, I tried to watch a uh, network. Uh, 1974's Network, do you know that? I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Anyway, I was trying to watch it, and I don't know if the file was glitchy or if I actually did take a nap, but I somehow it it was like near the end. I'm like, I feel like I've been watching this for 40 minutes, and yeah, I, I probably oh. need to go back and watch Network. But again, time jumps like in this film, right? Unexplained time jumps. <laughs> so... Uh, I was going to say, you should just, after saying unexplained time jumps, let's just cut to the ending. <laughs> <laughs> we did shut up for a minute after that, but yeah, yeah, maybe I should do that and then jump back here just to, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the outro Just, just the put the whole there. outro there and then we'll go back and have our final conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, there's a lot of water in this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like a real issue. <laughs> okay, got hit me? Especially in this area, um, Michigan, New York, the Rust Belt. Uh, right. Flint, Michigan, yes. already the place of many horrors. Uh, this is only, this is like 2013, where um, they were under a state of emergency. So the emergency people, not voted in, switched water companies. So they're like, okay, we're going to get them from a different source. We're going to reopen this filtration plant. And everything went to shit. Like, it turned out being way more expensive for the water and just like horribly like unhealthy and like they're just having massive health problems in Flint, Michigan now because of the changes. Like even more yeah, like than they had before. I, I'm fairly sure Flint, Michigan is still not getting clean water, right? Yeah, they've had several attempts and yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure they are. But the thing is a lot of cities in that area are going to be either have that problem and haven't seen it yet or about to or maybe haven't yeah. been so public about it. But um you know, of course, Lovecraft was probably, well, of course he wasn't getting on that when he wrote it, but I just found that was an interesting, like, modern kind of thing that's happening that, you know, since we usually have to get into COVID, now we can get into something a little different here. This one, you know, like, when the water goes bad, people get weird, people get sick. And maybe not Lovecraftian weird and sick and body horror, but, you know, it does cause, like, family-rending problems. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and this film ends with them building, like, a reservoir over that land. That water's got to be fucked, right? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna feed it to the cows. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna feed it to. They're gonna feed the cows to us in our McDonald's. So, right. And then we're gonna. There's, there's, some, there's some Lovecraft in those burgers. Let's not. Kid they're ourselves. actually. I, I just heard this yesterday. There actually is like a human version of uh, mal-cad, mal mad cow disease. Do you have it? 
I'm looking it up now. It starts with a C. Kuru. No, it starts with a K, actually. Oh. I don't really know where that came from. Yeah, it's a very rare, incurable, and fatal neurodegenerative disorder that was formerly common among the foray people of Papua New Guinea and, and other places. I don't know why they're calling out Papua New Guinea here. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. seems a bit harsh. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm just reading straight from Wiki there. And I, cause yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was yeah. accusing you of hating the Papua New Guineans. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just heard Kuru, so... Uh, yeah, I thought that this film felt like something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that should, we com- should we complete everyone's Matt and Luke bingo card and mention Quantum of Solace? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're going to give everyone, Kuru in the water? I think you have to eat people for that, though. You can't just get the Kuru yeah, without... Yeah, but no, just because that was another one about the water problem. Oh, yes, yes. That was the economics of the water, though, not the cleanliness of the water. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah but know. it's all because of economics, right? Yeah, I don't know what the deal is in Japan. I, I don't think they fluoridize the water here, but, uh, yeah. Well, they're talking about bitching about economics. Got into, uh... I was fl- flicked on Facebook after work last night, and one of my friends had posted some news story from the UK about how a coffee shop is going to try delivering coffee, and she's like, oh, this is ridiculous. But and then I- one of her, like, her brother's wife's brother or something replied with, like, yeah, well, actually, if they don't reopen the economy, then, 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 then. So I just replied, I replied like, uh, oh, we could just cancel capitalism, it clearly doesn't work. And I immediately just turned off the notifications, like, I don't want to get into this. Mm-hmm. And like four hours later, I had a bunch of messages like, Luke, you're getting, so- there's so much shit going on, you're getting so much disrespect. <laughs> so I went in, and his first reply to me was just like, oh, well, how did you get that device you're tapping on? Maybe educate yourself before you make comments. <laughs> so all I did was just, I replied with his message again, and that, you know the meme with Spongebob doing the stupid pose? Right. I just replied with one of them and left it again. Okay. And now that guy's quit Facebook. <laughs> I was trying to say better not drink that Java, but now it's not as timed as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh... Any more metaphysics you want to throw out? Because I'm, I'm about to hit the stop. Now, this one doesn't get so hard into, like, the... Just knowing about the cosmology drives you crazy. This one is like very specifically, this rock is doing weird shit to these people. But like you said, there there are slightly nutty, like like relatively normal people, and it just yeah amps that up to you know twelve. But often the 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 thing with Lovecraft is just knowing this stuff drives you crazy. Right. But here they're specifically like there's a radiation or a poisoning that is doing it. Yes. Although old Wade, old Wade didn't drink the water, and he looks pretty Yeah, pretty he just crazy sees the yet. vision from her, and it fucks him up a bit. Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's the classic Lovecraft thing. Yeah, no one made it out of this unscathed. Only one of them made it out alive. That's pretty Lovecraftian. <laughs> mm. like, man, I... Oh, also, the, the, so the film starts with the opening monologue from the book. Okay. Where he's like, I came to this place, and people tell me it's evil, right? Right. But that makes sense in the book, because this has already happened. Oh, Whereas here. here it's just like, oh, those woods are a bit creepy, I guess. This is a this is a sequel. That's why there's not a U in there. Oh, so it's it's happened once already, and now it's happening again. Yeah, another meteor. Okay, I like that. Place. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> That's how the Dark Tower movie works, apparently.
My name is Luke and I'm here to say I enjoyed this movie today. I'm here with Matt and we're making a pod. Do you think Nick Cage is odd? So what's your MC name? <laughs> MC the whitest rapper ever. <laughs> You're I literally started with my name is Luke and I'm here to say. There's already an indie band called The Whitest Boy Alive. Yeah, and there's a sketch group called The Whitest Kids, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, basically, I guess this guy went 30 years not doing this sort of thing and didn't miss a beat. He tried to with Moreau, but uh, it's I, I, I don't remember Hardware, but I think this one's probably better in Hardware. I, I genuinely really like this film, and I'm super hoping that he does get to keep making Lovecraft adaptations. Yeah, it's a little more down the horror road. I'm a sci-fi guy. That's why I do a sci-fi podcast. But all my friends growing up were, you know, into horror. So in the late 80s but and 90s, never, I saw it all. Of course, Lovecraft's whole thing is like it crosses that line, right? It's cosmic horror. It is sci-fi. Yeah, we'll do Prince of Darkness Because I'm not a sometime. big horror guy myself. Right. Every now and then I like some ghost shit because it creeps me out. But Oh, I had a student a few days ago and... um. Rob, who I believe you were hanging with before we did the podcast, he was like, yeah, he likes horror movies. But he says zombie movies are not horror movies. <laughs> That's as a ghost or something. So, actually, I did talk to him. I was like, I heard you don't think zombie are horror movies. I was like, so they're sci-fi? And it was cool. He was like, yeah, they're sci-fi. And I was like, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, because most horror zombie stuff isn't really designed to scare you at this point, is it? No, it's meant on it's on the concept of the uh, the virus or the you know the whatever is called the radiation. The human condition, the man. Yeah. Maybe we were the zombies all along. Ooh, old school zombies were radiation. New school zombies are viruses. Is that how it works? Well, but old old school zombies were um, like voodoo magic. Oh, I'm t- I, I'm starting off with Romero there with uh, zombies. Oh, was Romero radiation? I thought Romero was a virus. I don't remember, to be honest. I, I thought it was radiation. I think maybe case. the first one, Night of the Living Dead, it was radiation. But by the time we get to, like, Dawn of the Dead, it was viruses. Oh, uh, okay. But then there's a remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is also good. Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Resident uh, Evil, though. Well, actually, what me and Rob were doing last night was finishing Resident Evil 6. Okay. I haven't. I don't know much about Resident Evil, so... Haven't haven't seen. I, I like zombies. I, I I guess I'm. I like the slow zombies. I think that's an important part. Uh, again, like the crawl in this movie, right? I like this this slow burn horror crawl. You know, I don't like the yeah, yeah, yeah. running zombie. I like the impending well, that, doom. I, horror isn't scary to me if I can think about fighting it. Like a lot, like most zombie stuff. Like yeah, okay, it's, they're deadly or whatever. But you know, if I had a sword, I think I could take out some zombies. <laughs> but I can't beat like the strange force from space. Right. But 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 I'm gonna put one up on the zombie. The the thing I love most about the zombies and why it has to be slow moving is that's that's hubris, right? That's pride. You know, you could take out some, but as the numbers increase, you know, no. You yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you get you get a little glimmer of hope before you get completely screwed. No, I'm very strong, Matt. Yeah, but not against like a thousand <laughs> zombies washing over you like a ocean of magenta energy. Yep. <laughs> anyway, just throwing throwing out a throwing out a few kudos to the slow zombies. Sometimes they take crap for not being the fast moving ones, but those are the real zombies, man. I do like the Dawn of the Dead remake too, though. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I've seen the remake. I've seen 28 Days Later, though. That's the original Fast Zombies. Yeah, yeah I think Dawn does it, too. Dawn, Dawn's a much better movie, though. Uh, and then the original I hope they're filming better. a 28... I don't know, what, 28 years later 
at the moment. Because mm. apparently they filmed the first one by sneaking out at 5am when London was empty. <laughs> and London's empty like 24-7 at the moment. Oh, right. <laughs> this, yeah, you run, the, you run the fines, I guess. Do I have fines there? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> as long as they stand two metres apart while they film it. <laughs> there we go. But uh, like, like we said, this one did a belly flop at the box office. Might it have just been released just enough to like contend for awards? I think that's the case. I think it just did like some festival runs and shit. Okay, and that's why... Because I... I didn't really hear about it until it was on disc, so... Because I looked up... Yeah, I think the box office is not actually their main goal here. Yeah, I didn't, like, read the reviews, but I just kind of glossed over. I, I Having watched it made my notes, I just, like, how was this reviewed? And it was reasonably well-reviewed. 82 on Rotten Tomatoes, 70 on Metacritic, so... You yeah. Know, um, I think it's actually a little lower on the Internet Movie Database, but whatever. Yeah, so. it's like a 6 on there, but... But then on the professional um, critic pages, it's pretty well-reviewed, actually, so... Because I had seen the IMDb, and, and I was like, oh, this might right. kind of, like, halfway suck, and I was like, oh, that's actually not so bad, and I noticed that the real reviews, or the, the professional reviews, seem to like it pretty well. Yeah. Um, Which is well-deserved. I think it's a good film. Well, it's exact. It's it's an 80s... It's an 80s cult classic, you know, modern yeah. style, which um, the producers made... Was it Mandy? Which I didn't see, but uh, Mandy, is it? Oh, that's the other Dick Cage one. I saw it when I was looking at his films. Yeah, so same producers, different director, of course, but uh, th this does seem to be a bit of a piece with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really know anything about that. I just saw the poster just now. Nor do I, but I just noticed there seems to be... I think Jolie Richardson's also in that, if I'm correct. I might be wrong, because I didn't okay. see it. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of carryover with crew and cast from that film. So um, even if it's not the Dunwich thing, which... Um, would come afterwards it does fit here so right so yeah yeah and this is i think this will be a wine it'll be better in time not like the wine downstairs i think they smashed all their wine bottles so they're not yeah they drunk it all so spilled it all <laughs> your family yeah no, I, th I think this one will be i hope i'm hoping this will sort of live on as a kind of cult classic yeah the family that freaks out together disincorporates together <laughs> 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 but uh yeah. yeah. So you should check it out. Uh, you very likely haven't heard this, uh, seen, heard, seen, heard of this. That's what I was trying to say. You probably haven't heard of this movie. I certainly hadn't, but uh, ga it gave me a little bit of a nightmare, but a different style nightmare than this film would give you, I suppose. So maybe there's no connection, but um, Incredibles 3 should be a remake of this movie with, with the sound effects. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Just several times watching this, I thought about The Incredibles. Huh. <laughs> I don't know why. So that's it's why it's a family. I guess it's the same number of kids as The Incredibles. Yeah, that's and then the the, the role they do kind of map onto them. I, I am being. Well, I don't, it doesn't really work with the the middle son. Yeah, I've been com and, and Violet, right? The girl and kind of yeah, she girl. works as Violet, and the little kid being weird works, but then the middle son is not. The middle son Dash. never fits in, do they? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know why, but just when I was watching it, like, three times, like, The Incredibles, like, kind of went through my mind. <laughs> so, maybe, yeah. So it's just, you know, like, the horrible, distorted mirror of that sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all getting new superpowers. <laughs> the the mum's power now is she can merge with her child. And right. Nick has, Nick has the power of crazy and uh the girl has the power of self mutilation i don't know so the worst one's possible the son has the power of a dog 
Yeah. <laughs> so, al- alpaca. Uh, I just said alpaca. I don't remember what I was going to follow that. Alpaca skills, talent, something like that, yeah. So, yeah, check it out. That's cool. Uh, where do they I check? I should get Chino in. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where where can they respond to that joke? Uh, they can come and shout at me on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We're also on Facebook. Search for Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. We're on iTunes. I don't think we've got any iTunes reviews yet. Pull your finger out, people. Give yeah. us five stars and a rating. Give us a, say, put something weird. You can write in, like, iambic pentameter with Lovecraft horror style, and that's fine. Yeah, do that. Right. Okay, so um, Luke talks about, you know, other... Hey, 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 the dragonfly, the purple dragonfly thing. Is it a Metroid insect or is it a Pokemon coming out of the well? Oh, like the... I don't remember dragonfly, I remember the praying mantis. Okay, it was... Would it make yeah, it I, I was, uh, yeah, I would I would think more like Metroid or something. Okay, for that. okay, well you're going to tell him about Pokemon though. And that's at Luke Loves yep, Pokemon. Yeah, you can find that, my Pokemon podcast, go on Twitter, search Luke Loves PKMN. Or just put into Google Luke Loves Pokemon in the first result. Maybe. And if uh, if you enjoyed the music in this episode, uh, then you can go on YouTube and search for John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> or you can check out more of Matt's music by looking going to rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. Speaking of the carpenter, do go there. That's where I have most of my music. But the the real John Carpentery music, which I imagine I'll probably be using to soundtrack this uh, episode, is damagetape.bandcap.com. Someday I shall merge the streams, but I have not yet done so. so Don't cross the streams! Right. Um, man, you know, like, if, if the farmhouse... What if the farmhouse in this movie is the sanctuary? What should people do? Well, they should get the fuck out of our sci-fi sanctuary. In fact, don't even bother. I'm going to get the fuck out of your sci-fi sanctuary. Okay, that works.
I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. Piles upon piles of human bodies will be heaped in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. Piles upon piles of human bodies will be heaped in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict full medical attention by venting Have a heart transplant, a hair transplant, or even a brain transplant by venting
Embalming by radar, where the body is turned to indestructible stone. I, I predict. Medical, medical attention by bending. Piles of piles of human bodies will be heaped in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a world of human bodies will be in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a world of human bodies will be in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a world of human bodies will be in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world.